You're listening to Working Mommy, where the goal is, of course, to be the best mom ever. And don't forget, stay sane while we do it. So let's get right into it. Today's episode, I want to talk from, again, the toddler mom perspective, something that every single last one of us is dealing with if you are a toddler mom of multiple toddlers. So you got a lot of little tots running around, maybe two or three, and they're all at that toddler age, which is really anywhere from like one to six years old, okay? How do we get our toddler siblings to stop fighting, okay? I'm gonna say that again because I know you feel me on this how to get your toddler siblings to stop fighting with each other. I think this is something that probably drives every last one of us completely nuts. And is it just me or do these fights amongst our little deranged toddlers at times, do they always take place when we are trying to go to the bathroom? or we just stepped away for one second to check on dinner, you know? It's always at the wrong time. You're right in the middle of what you're doing, doing, and you hear the blood-curdling scream coming from the other room. And you know, you know, they started a fight, you hear the little words, you know? Or stop it, that's my favorite one. All of a sudden, because they can't, they don't have this many words at this, age, you know, if they're like, you know, maybe one, two, or three, the words are still a little bit dicey, but you'll hear, stop it, and no, mommy, you just hear that, you know, they can't get it together, but you know what they're saying, there's some frustration, somebody has gotten on their nerves, and it's usually about, you know, maybe a toy, or usually what I have found is that the toddler that's a little bit older has taken something away from the younger toddler. And the younger toddler can express themselves, right? So that just comes out in a blood curdling scream mixed with, you know, a mishmash of toddler words. And you're just like, whoa, what on earth is happening? How do I stop it? How do I get us happy again? Because once you get them happy, you're happy, right? And we want to be happy. We don't want to be stressed. So I have kind of replayed and replayed and replayed this scenario in my head and identified some things that I am doing that stop my toddler fights that I want to share. Plus then I did some more reading just for this particular episode and I'm going to share some other tips that I found from an external source as well, but I'm going to give you my two cents first, what I'm doing, what's working for me. And don't forget, you can always share what's working for you too. Head over to my YouTube page, um, head over to my Spotify page or any other pages and review this episode. You know, if there's something that you feel that you connect with or any other tips you have to share. So um, the first thing we have to do as mommies in this situation with the screaming toddler fights is we have to understand that our toddlers are in a very selfish part of their development, okay? So as you know, from baby all the way up through adulthood, we're all hitting these milestone stages in our development. And for the toddlers, you see, they're still wired up really tightly with their survival instincts, you know, which is 
they're self-preserving and they they have kind of a me first attitude because when they're a new life that is at the forefront that is hardwired in to each and every one of us is survival at that age because they're brand new so that's why they cry you know when they're hungry or when something's wet or when they're scared because they are still very much in survival mode and they're learning the environment around them so that's something to keep in mind you know that it's a little bit natural for them to be selfish at this stage because they're transitioning from a baby into a big kid so understand that and i'm not saying though that we should kind of just fall into that behavior allow them to act that way absolutely not you know our job as their mother is to you know guide them and tell them how they're supposed to act by our actions and by the things that we say but just know what you're dealing with because i feel like when we know as moms what stage we're dealing with and what to expect at this age it makes it a little bit easier for us to come up with ways to steer them in the right direction you know that's all we want we want to get them you know at a point where you know they're understanding how they're supposed to act and they're not fighting amongst themselves because if they're fighting in the family it's gonna be hard for them when they get a little bit older too, to not fight with their other peers. You know, right now we're in lockdown and most kids aren't in school, but that could even still translate to how they are dealing with their classmates online and how they're dealing with their teachers. So this is definitely behavior, a, a behavior that we need to address as mothers, okay? So again, understanding it's a part of their development. Now, now that we understand that this little bit of selfishness, you know, this, I want this toy, I want that food. They're very kind of defensive <laughs> stance that they have. Now that we know that is natural, how do we make it work, okay? So here's my number one tip that hit me one day. It's like I had an epiphany. All of a sudden, it just like struck me out of nowhere. So basically what was happening was, uh, my two toddlers were fighting over a brush. You know, they like to pretend they're brushing their hair, do each other's hair or what have you. And they both really like this brush. So they were fighting over the brush and all of a sudden, yeah, I was like vacuuming in the other room and I hear that, ah, you know, oh no, what's wrong? <laughs> Mom comes rushing in and we've got two screaming toddlers at the top of their lungs. So all of a sudden, I just had this thing in my mind from um, sitting in on my older toddler's uh, classes, you know, as an assistant, I would always notice when the kids were getting out of hand, the teacher would go crisscross applesauce hands in the lap. And no matter what was happening in the room, the kids would stop and they would give their undivided attention to the teacher. Cause when it gets so heavy that they're both screaming at the same time, you just gotta like, bring that control back to the room at that point it's just like okay how do i just gain control you know i'll break up the fight and tell them how to act you know second but right now i just need to like stop the screaming so that's the first thing you really want to do is stop the screaming and again this crisscross applesauce hands in the lap 
you may not even know what it is, but I guarantee you if your kid has been to any type of TK, pre-K, anything like that, they know what it is and they will stop and look at you like, how does she know to say that? I looked at them like, how did I know to say that too? Where did that come from? But I was so thankful. It was like a desperate move in a desperate situation and it worked. And I went, whoa. So this stuff works in the classroom, but it could also work at home. So that's been something that I have now started including when things get out of hand. When I have lost control of the room, because it's just like, you know, when the teacher loses, loses control of the classroom, she's lost control, all the kids screaming, they run around, they're not listening. Yours are doing the same thing. It works for them too. So again, I immediately just said, crisscross applesauce, hands in the lap, and toddler number one, the big one, went, right. And then she went, you know that? I said, yeah. And then toddler number two was just confused, like, what's going on? Because, you know, she's younger. So she's like, I don't know what they're doing, but I'm stopping. And I don't know why. Hey, mommy has control of the room again. I was so thankful. Okay. So basically, that's just a technique to help you get, you know, focus back, get them to stop in their tracks what they're doing. The other thing that I will do when I need to immediately gain control of the room is the freeze game. So I have told them, you know, and again, the older toddler, you know, gets it a little bit more just because she's a little bit older and the younger toddler, you know, take advantage of the fact that they copy their older sibling so much. So if she gets it, I know as long as I can get my older toddler to get it, then my younger toddler is going to follow whatever she does, right? So I told my older toddler, hey, um, we are always going to have a continual freeze game. So if, you know, you were in your room and things are getting too loud, mommy might just say freeze. And that means you got to stop dead in your tracks, okay? And she loves it. So for her, it's a game. So when they're wilding out and I go freeze or crisscross applesauce hands on the lap, it's like she kind of chuckles a bit and she knows, okay, I was just wilding out on my, I need to stop, I need to sit down. And she immediately goes right into it. And then because toddler number two is still a babe and looks up to uh, toddler number one, she immediately copies whatever she does. So if number one sits down, she sits down. It's awesome. So again, your two things that you can employ to gain control of the room, crisscross applesauce, hands on the lap, and the freeze game. And you could use these two techniques all the time. The one benefit I will say though to the freeze game is that you could play that anywhere. You can't do crisscross uh, applesauce hands in the lap anywhere because let's say they're freaking out in the car and you're driving. You can't actually go into that, right? But the freeze game, you could be driving along, they're fighting over the, you know, whatever blanket they got in the car or whatever and all of a sudden you just yell freeze and they immediately stop in their tracks okay so again every situation is going to be a little bit different it's not going to work every single time but in my experience i have to say it works i would say about 65 to 70 percent of the time and for a mommy that's huge that's huge. Okay. So that means a little bit more stress off of me if I'm able to consistently use this little technique. So again, the freeze game is one that's great because you could do that anywhere. If you're out, you know, running errands or whatever, you can always 
use that as something in your mommy arsenal that you can pull out and use, okay? Um, so once you've gotten control of the room, the second thing that you wanna do is put them down for a timeout, okay? So usually I just have them sit down on their bottoms. It could be one minute, two minutes, five minutes, whatever you think is appropriate for you. And they have to face each other with a smile on their face. Face each other, give each other smiles, okay? And the reason why for me, I added the smiles is because mine were sitting up there mean mugging each other. You know, they were sitting up there throwing all kinds of shade, daggers. I mean, you've never seen daggers like toddler daggers, you know, when they get that little forehead frowned up and scar and yeah, it's just crazy, okay? So, that is something that has worked and it almost kind of breaks the tension and it's a little bit silly for them. So then they just kind of like, oh, you know, it just kind of resets them. So that's nice. Okay, so you got them now down for the time out, okay? Now let's talk about some things that you could do to kind of ward it off like before it even happens. So this is the third thing that I wanna share, which is treats for sharing, okay? So, you want to kind of start building into them the idea for sharing. Now, topic number one, you know, they all struggle with this because again, it's part of their development, you know, them being selfish and everything. But she quickly grew out of it and was like much more inclined to share with other kids, share with mommy, share with whomever. Toddler number two, okay. Toddler number two has never liked sharing and it's been a big challenge for us to get her. I have actually had to sit down and work with her one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we did like a little blocks activity where we worked on sharing. I mean, you're really gonna have to dig deep if you see that this is an issue for your child, because again, the more time passes, the more these negative traits get like ingrained in their little personality. And you don't want that because a difficult toddler turns into a difficult teenager. You know what I'm saying? So you want to nip this stuff right in the bud. So again, with with the when they really don't, when they're not inclined, I should say, to be a natural share. If you see that they're still kind of lagging behind a bit in that area, give them some positive incentives. So you know, maybe say, could you share this with your with your sibling? Could you share? And when they do, give them a little cookie or something. You know. Give them, give them hugs, give them kisses, give them something so that they start to associate and identify, oh, okay, I shared something, I gave something away and look what I got in return. Because again, when they share, they are going to get, you know, happiness in return when you share. That's just part of human nature. You know, there's more giving than there is in receiving. So you want them to start to feel those happy feelings when they do share and when they do give things to others. So for me, giving the treats when they share has certainly been something that has been incredibly helpful for me, okay? So uh, next thing that I wanna get into, okay, is just a, an article that I found that um, I mentioned before that has some good tips on other things that we can do to get our kids to share, okay? So right now I'm gonna go ahead and get into the screen share for you. So if you are watching this, you know, on YouTube or where have you, 
you'll be able to go ahead and see this. So maybe it could be an idea to occasionally go over and check this these things out so you can kind of see some of the things that I'm pulling from. You could also see it on my Facebook page. Okay, so let's get into this article. So this one is on verywellfamily.com. And um, I kind of like this site because it, it touches on a lot of really good areas. And I like like the format of how their site is set up. But anywho, so the article, how parents can help keep kids from fighting. Okay, so it touches on some things we talked about, but the one that we just ended with um, about the treat really ties into this first point right here in this article, which is praise kids and po provide positive reinforcement. So that's basically what you're doing when you give them a treat is you're encouraging them to do good behavior by giving them a positive outcome when they do do good behaviors, when they do do good things. So that's great, okay? Um, so praise and positive reinforcement work wonders in helping build positive child behaviors. The key point is to ignore fighting and then to lavish attention when they're caught doing something kind, positive, or helpful. Okay, so I think that's great advice. Second tip, okay, and this is something that as uh, moms, or, or excuse me, um, second point of the article. I gave you my three tips earlier. Now that I've digressed, let's get back on it. Um, this one here, be a positive role model, okay? I think as moms, this is something that we have to keep in the forefront of our minds because our little ones are watching our every moves all the time and they're taking little tidbits from us and weaving it into their thoughts and their ideas subconsciously. You know, it's this amazing thing. Our role is so powerful, okay? So be a positive role model. You can't expect kids to not fight and bicker when they observe it regularly among adults, okay? And I have to say, it's a challenge and don't feel bad if you know sometimes you are in front of the kids sometimes things happen you can't help it i think it's important though to be aware of it and try to steer it the best that we can because the raising of the voice they copy it you know and then that's their way of communicating and then they give it back to us so we've thrown it out there and then they soaked it up <laughs> and then they throw it back at us and we're like oh this is horrible, this hurts and I don't like it. But again, if we put those positive vibes out, the less likely they are going to be to, to do those negative things too. So that's just, again, something else to keep in mind, okay? The third point in the article, be calm under pressure. Kids watch how adults behave and act. And when they're mad, disagree or something, or they're offended, being calm under pressure, and exhibiting self-control, that's the key, self-control sets a positive example. Because again, the self-control aspect is something that the kids are really developing still as toddlers. So, you know, if they see that we are, you know, reactive, we have a reactive personality, something happened, I'm like, ah, and we screaming, that's what they're gonna do. So 
if they can observe you being upset about something and maybe taking a deep breath and saying, hmm, I don't like this, I have to fix it, or, oh no, you know, how can I fix this situation? Little, anything that you can do, and you will know what you can do because everybody's different, but you just kind of have to look at yourself and, and ask yourself, how can I act better under pressure, okay? Next point, pay attention to how you react and intervene. Mm, this one is very important. If adults yell, embarrass, shame, or dole out angry or strong words, the result actually could be that the annoying child behavior of kid fights occurs again, okay? So, you know, and again, you don't want to punish for every single time that they have a disagreement because that can just get to be frustrating for the child. You definitely don't want to embarrass them. You don't really want to be shaming them either, okay? But I do feel that there is a balance here that, you know, for example, let's say that they are having a fight in the grocery store. They're yelling at each other. They're screaming maybe over the water bottle. You know, you usually have like a bottle of water with you. You got them both in your shopping cart, right? And one wants it. They just start grabbing and fighting, right? Something that has worked for me that is a little bit contrary to the article here is I will stop and ask them, look at you. Do you see anybody else in the store? yelling and carrying on the way you two are carrying on right now. You know, everyone's trying to shop in peace, okay? And they do not wanna hear you two yelling and screaming at each other. That is not considerate, okay? So some people may say that that is, you know, borderlining, shaming. I feel that, you know, as, as a toddler mom, this is something that has helped me. And I do feel that in my parenting, I want, them to understand from a very young age how their behavior affects people around them, right? Because that's that's a thing they're gonna have to understand when they become adults. So I want them to learn it early. And I feel like just simply letting them look around, they'll look around with their little eyes and be like, oh yeah, ain't nobody else yelling in here. We the only ones, they looking at us. Yeah, because y'all acting crazy in here. Okay, you got mamas, blood pressure up to here and it's not cool so in a nice and coaching type of way I feel that you are able to kind of call them out when they need to be called out okay um another one that I feel is important is treating everyone the same that this article is also bringing out okay so kids can feel if you like one more than the other don't do it I think enough is said there just don't do it, you know, they're going to react to it, you know, and then if they do voice that opinion, like that has, you know, my older toddler, oh, you know, you're always just helping her. Well, she's a baby, you know, like I may have to cut up her little food and they see that as extra attention. So just do little things to reassure them that they both have your attention and you love them both very much. Okay. So the last thing the article talks about is minimizing occasions for fighting. So mommies with this one, a little bit of forethought is involved. Okay, so maybe the day before what I do is I'm like, okay, tomorrow I gotta go to the grocery store. And I think about all the little arguments that could possibly come up. Okay, so I'm like, all right, let me make sure I got two bottles of water, 
Let me make sure that, you know, I got them both on comfy clothes, you know, make sure because if one of them's wearing pink and the other one's wearing blue, eh, everything, any little thing can be a set off, right? So basically, take some time to think about what your kids fight about, especially at this toddler age. Sometimes it's that one toy that they both really like. You know, if you need to have some non-fighting you know, for the next day or two, remove that toy, hide it from them, man. Like they gonna be fighting over this toy. You know what? I'm taking this toy and I'm hiding it for two days. You know, and now you've got a break. And and something so simple as that, I feel, helps us out a lot. You know, so know your kids, know the things that they're gonna fight about, and if you can kind of head them problems off at the jump, I think that that's really important to do and takes a lot of stress off of us. So. Um, in conclusion, I hope that these tips are something that you feel can help you. Um, if you have any more questions on what I'm doing as far as breaking up fights, please um, do not hesitate to drop me a line wherever you're plugged in at. Facebook would be awesome. YouTube would be awesome. And let me know. And again, thank you so much for listening to Work It Mommy. Have a great day and see you in the next episode.